Enjoy part two of this negotiations episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Corkscrews and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace. And I'm Jennifer Hamrick. Mm, fantastic. Uh, today we have an exciting episode. It is all about negotiations. <laughs> I know, right? Aren't you excited and intimidated at the same time? Well, we're going to take care of that for you. We're going to make it real easy, step by step, because this is a big thing. It's a big thing. And you want to get it the right way. And it takes place in every part of your life, whether you know it or not. That's right. But first, Jennifer, what are we sipping on? We are sipping on Bogle, which is a California red. Let's taste it. So let's move over into the process. Okay. Of the real estate transaction and things you can negotiate. Excellent. So this is like a retail transaction and things that are normally negotiated. Yes. Stay tuned because we will talk about uh, investor, wholesaler kind of situation. Yep. And negotiating on that side. So first and foremost, price. Price. Because. Price. A lot of people. Price. Think you look at just the price. And it is not just the price you should be looking at. Right. But some people uh, focus specifically on the price. Right. And I would feel that, and there's a big reason for it, and it's because if you're focusing on the price, that's, that is a very quantifiable um, exchange of value. Mm-hmm. Right? We're taught to seek value for value. Mm-hmm. I have XYZ, or I have X, can you give me Z? And then we pair them up and we're like, great, that makes sense. You know, dollar for dollar, like for like. Mm-hmm. But if you have the ability to see outside of just the dollars, that's where the real opportunity mm-hmm. comes in. And we're going to talk some more about that. Yes. And if you have a good realtor, mm-hmm. you know, like myself. That's right. Then the if you get in multiple offers, they actually have a spreadsheet that breaks it down for you, where it starts with price, it breaks down the the contract to the bottom line. So even though this one might be more in price, mm-hmm. this one might have uh, less contingencies, and it ends up weighing it out at the bottom. Like, <clears throat> for example, this one's asking price. This one's a grand below asking price. Sure. But the one with asking price wanted your washer and dryer. Huh. That's right. When the end, and I mean, that's just one thing, but you weigh it all out. In the end, which one's better, right? That's right. That's right. Depending upon, <clears throat> uh, is it a front load? Is it Samsung? <laughs> Does it play television? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you wash clothes through your phone while you're away that'd be a great idea no they have those what? my client you had one push it into the phone and it starts working yeah, he'll sell it to you because his new condo he bought won't hold it 
there's another one. Hey, that's fantastic. Yeah. Like, you know, if there's already a, a you know, um, people that are looking to, um, that are moving and they often buy a new set of things when they move to a new place. Mm-hmm. That might be your best bet is to find a discount where the you know so they don't have to put it on the truck and move it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So like if you're if you're a neighbor of someone that's moving somewhere, and you know them well enough or something, or maybe if you don't, you know you just see that to- the the U-Haul pull up to the house, you might be able to ask him, hey, listen, are you getting a washer and dryer where you're going? Do you not want to carry this with you and have to sell it where you're going? I'll give you money for it. Um, let us talk. Would you also like some wine, good sir? <laughs> Everything's better over wine. Mm-hmm. Well, and and sometimes that furniture, washer and dryer, or whatever is is can be negotiated into the contract. True, true that mm-hmm. uh, a piano, you know, mm-hmm. if it's not super sentimental or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, those can be temperamental when moved. Mm-hmm. People, you know, and so. Sometimes it's it's better to just the owner of it for years and years may say, "Listen, I just want to leave this here so it can, can continues to make great and beautiful music." But if I move it, then there's a risk that it might not sound the same when it gets to where I'm going. So I will get another one where I'm going, or I don't need one. But you stay, and I'd like to include it. What and would you pay me for that? And that's great for negotiation if there's a value to the buyer. Mm, yes. What if you? What if you don't care about a piano? Yeah. Or you don't care about, or maybe the ta- your taste isn't the same, yet you're trying to offer up furniture that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And there's no value there to negotiate. Right. In which case, you know, it'd be returned, hey, Seth, thank you, but no thank you. Correct. Yeah. So a recent transaction of mine, they left, they, they didn't want to move certain things. So we worked it into the deal where they left behind their pool furniture. Oh. And pool furniture is a little bit easier to work in because, you you know, there's less options of what they look like. Mm-hmm. And, or there's, they were kind of a basic standard looking set, I guess is the way I should put it. And they were able to leave that behind and work it into the deal. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Huh. Make everybody ha- and the buyers had never had a pool before, so oh. they didn't have to go out and buy that stuff. It oh was my there. gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's part of owning a pool, and you have to learn. You know, like, oh man, all the prices, all the different things that go with it. Oh, I need this or I need that. Maybe the pool equipment itself. You know, if mm-hmm. you don't own a pool, you don't know any about that, and then you have to spend mm-hmm. your time at the pool store. No, most of the time, like pool vacs and stuff like that are already. That's included in the covers, contract. yeah, yeah, pull covers, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, closing cost. Ooh, here's a good one. Do you know the closing costs for your deal? Well, you should ask your agent. What are the closing costs for this? What could that be? And then your agent is going to ask title. But you get the point. <laughs> and mortgage. And mortgage. Um, so do not ask your agent. Go straight <laughs> to your lender and say, I'm going to need to know what my closing costs are. <laughs> and that way you have a more exact number. Yep. Because an agent should not be doing a title or mortgage job. <laughs> well said. Well said. But... It's not unusual in Tennessee 
for buyers to ask for closing costs. And a lot of times it comes maybe with first-time home buyers even. Okay. So that's not uncommon. Uh, And and the reason being is that closing costs are often out of pocket. mm -hmm. And so people, you know, while they may have the monthly to be able to pay for Mm -hmm. the house, they may not have above and beyond the down payment very far. And they would rather uh, take that, you know, ask the seller to cover that. But just like any negotiation, you're taking a risk. If there was a house I was showing one of my buyers about a couple weeks ago, about two weeks ago, and it had been on the market for a while. So mm-hmm. I called the agent. I'm like, hey, just kind of wanted to, to learn more about what's going on with this. And it is because everybody that had put in an offer had asked for closing costs. And she was like, I'm I'm not buying a house for somebody. I'm just not doing it. If they want the house, they should buy it and pay for it. And I completely understand where she's coming from. Hmm. So she had uh, rejected every offer that had came in. Wow. So it's a personal preference. You don't have to pay. A seller is not in any way obligated to pay a buyer's closing costs. And you are... When you ask, putting a risk as a buyer that you may not get the property, they may not even counter because it may offend them. True. But, you know, that's something a good agent will call the other agent and find out prior. Is this something that's going to be an issue? Yeah. So that way it can kind of be negotiated before it's on paper. It's always good to talk things through before you put it in in writing to see where you can get couldn't agree more on that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so closing date Mm. that is something that uh, if i mean obviously if you have a mortgage you're a little bit more restricted on when you can close depending on the 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 lender the lender and how long they need to process the paperwork and they'll need a appraisal most likely mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff that takes time for for a lender to get on board with yeah but if you're a cash buyer you have more flexibility which right. might be more appealing to a seller yes it might even be good to ask does your seller have a certain date in mind they need to close because maybe they need 45 days and you're okay with that yeah yeah so that could be negotiated and that might make your contract more appealing or offer more appealing. Definitely. Definitely. There's there's certainly all kinds of reasons why a seller might <clears> say, oh, it's fine. Yeah, I could use 45 days too or, or what have you. Don't feel like asking is the wrong thing to do. Not everything has to be a standard 30 days. You know, mm-hmm. The extra 15 days might mean that there's no, there's less of a need to, you know, in my world, there's less of a need to um, rebate or, um, uh, gosh, I forget the name for it, but uh, to return unused rental money, uh, you know, like as a landlord, as a landlord, <laughs> yeah, like if we can line this up to the date that to the first of the month, even though it's the fifteenth of the month and a half before (laughs) if we can line it up to the first of the month and that's a 45 day close and then that way i don't owe you any rent money the rent money is due you as soon as we close you know correct yeah makes it a little easier for you that all day (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. 
Do you like buying insurance for your flip, new construction, or other properties? No, everyone hates buying insurance unless you call Joe Gravy Graves with I Hate Buying Insurance. I hate buying insurance. He chose that name because it's the truth. Call or text Joe at 615-499-6846 to ask about insuring your investment properties, and you'll get three free gifts worth over $7,000 in value when you say, Gravy, I need a quote on my most valuable asset. 615-499-6846. Net Worth Realty of Nashville is growing wealth in Tennessee by providing people across the Nashville metropolitan area with the tools and expertise they need succeed in the residential real estate market. Their specialists understand the ins and outs of Nashville and are experts at locating undervalued properties in the city's most desirable neighborhoods. That's Net Worth Realty of Nashville, 615-823-2777. Contingencies. You, you touched on an appraisal contingency. There's financing contingencies. Yep. Uh, Inspection contingencies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, these contingencies are normally pretty standard as far as um, real estate contracts. And the reason is that you want to have, as a buyer, some, um, some ability to say, hey, listen, this deal's no good because of this. Or, hey, this deal could be better because of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is, if you have financing, you technically have a partner in the deal. That is the bank. That is the mortgage lender, that is whomever is giving you the money, and they technically have a larger percentage of it in it than you do, mm-hmm. right? So so they need, or so, so if you are unable to get the financing needed, mm-hmm. then you shouldn't be obligated to continue to close on that house because you just can't do it. If you have 20% or 3% or whatever it may be, you're not going to have the whole thing if the bank won't come to the table with you. And for whatever reason, maybe it's just not going to work out. So you need that contingency mm-hmm. in the contract. Same thing goes for appraisal. Appraisal, for those that don't know, an appraisal is um, an appraisor is a licensed individual who has the training, knowledge to be able to evaluate uh, value of houses, property, um, real estate. Uh, based on the value of those located around that are similar. And they give a value for it that the bank then uses to decide how much they're going to lend you on the property. And oftentimes, if an appraisal contingency is used, it is because the house or the structure or the property uh, is valued at below what the asking price was. Um, And so you're given an option at that point to, hey, am I willing to put out more cash in order to go to the offer that I, I suggested here because the bank says they're not going to lend up to that? Or am I going to say, we need to do something else. We need to renegotiate the price. So that's what that contingency is. And then you want to describe inspection contingencies? <laughs> I laugh because I love inspections. Yes! past couple of weeks. <laughs> um, this basically gets the buyer out of a contract based off of the inspection. So if there's something you didn't like or like in the inspection report, Mm -hmm. the seller decides they don't want to 
fix it, you can get out of the contract and not close on the home. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, it's it's like an escape hatch. If you need to use it, it's there. I would also say that uh, that an inspection contingency is a good thing because it it allows you to see more of what's going on than what you may know of with your own knowledge uh, and gives you a greater idea of what value is. Now, of course, value is something that is highly subjective and there's really only one person <laughs> in the negotiate in the in the steps that can give that legally and that's the appraiser but you really should have a, a great idea of what it is that you're purchasing and the inspection contingency gives you that the inspection gives you that the contingency gives you an opportunity to step away and without getting too confusing mm -hmm. through this a good agent can get very creative with these contingencies. Yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. To where y'all can still get under contract, but you can still get out if you need to through True the contingencies. That. So the last one we're going to touch on from inspection contingency onto repairs, which come from the inspection. And those repairs, that can be challenging. <laughs> You need to ask for the stuff that is detrimental to the house. Okay. Being a being a place you can live. Did I say that right? Sure. <laughs> Seems legit to me. Yeah. And I say that from both sides because I've seen them come across with just extremely unrealistic things on them, and. You know, back to a win-win. You want to make the buyer happy. You want to make the seller happy. So ask for the stuff that really matters. Yeah. So you can get the stuff. So you can get the stuff that's more important. When you start asking for smaller stuff, it looks like you're kind of nitpicking. And then that's going to... I mean, you can always see what happens. Right? <laughs> you can always see what happens. You never right? know. But... Never know. Yeah. There's, and this goes back, you say it all the time when you're working with buyers, for sure, is that um, your perfect house is still only going to be 80% of what you'd imagine it to be. Like, even yeah. if you built a new house, it's only going to be 80%. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to also remember that you're going to want to change things when you get there. Mm -hmm. So even if it's like, door handle or uh, uh, yeah doorknob on cabinet is loose mm -hmm. right and you're like oh man is that worth putting in the request to have fixed well maybe but maybe you're going to change the doorknobs when you move in anyway right and that's okay maybe you're mm -hmm. like I want silver in this this kitchen and it's not really worth asking them to tighten that handle before you get there because you're just going to remove it anyway right so uh, I actually had that situation happen where I installed a handrail on some stairs. I, I didn't install it. My contractor did. Well, I say we, you know, I'm not licensed to do that. And handrails are kind of a safety issue, right? So had them do it and it was considered not what the seller or the buyer would want. And so the buyer said, hey, actually, if you could just remove that, we're going to put our own thing in there. And that's realistic. Yeah. And I was like. Oh, hey, no problem. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do anything else with this or finish it out or whatever, you know. 
And they said, no, that's fine. We'll just put our own thing in. So we just removed it, and it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they bought it, and I'm sure they put their own thing in there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. But I wouldn't have known that if they hadn't have said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they could have just as easily put that in the inspection, uh, or the repairs request, and made us do all kinds of things. And then took it out. And then took it out anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. from the buyer and I think I might have even bought them a home warranty and all that stuff and because they were so so kind and easy going with that yeah. you bought them a home warranty on brand new appliances you know what no okay. my builder was <laughs> not my builder my my construction my contractor okay. made good on the work for a full year and okay. so there were things that needed to be fixed along the way, but that's just normal, you know, like flooring and things like. We're not going to go too far into that, but, um, but yeah. So it was it was great. It was really great, and just the little things like that that can make a great impression on on the person that you're you're either buying a home from or selling a home to. And when they said something like that, if there was something else on the list, you would be, you would be more likely to be like, hey. Let's go ahead and take care of that for them because this is this way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you're working together. Working together. <laughs> we can do anything by doing it together. Real estate investors looking for a quick close and no appraisals? Reach out to Mike Brady at PropertyRecycle.com. They are a large private equity firm with that personal touch. Property Recycle offers an easy online application, no appraisal requirements, and can close within five days. Ditch your slow, expensive lender and get the money you need today. Call Mike Brady at 615-806-7500. Again, that is 615-806-7500. Or visit propertyrecycle.com. Well, let's talk about investors and wholesalers. Okay. Let's talk about your daily negotiation. All right. It's good. What you got? What you got? Well, I'm not an investor or wholesaler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, yeah. I would say negotiating is, is a little different because I work directly with sellers. Uh, and uh, I'm working as a, as a buyer myself. So uh, oftentimes I, I spend most of... The phone call or the the weeks that we're talking to someone and doing educational work uh, educating them on what the actual value of that property is and mm-hmm. most of the time it's my opinion of it because well that's what I have to go on but I also know the neighborhood well enough to say that this is what this sold for and this is what that sold for and that we should probably be around this area well you pull up stuff online mm-hmm. as you're talking to them yeah so it's kind of your opinion right but once you do, if it, if the conversation goes further, you go out there to get more of an idea. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And two, uh, because so much of it is done when you are speaking to your client, Jennifer, as an mm-hmm. agent, um, before it even goes to listing, so much of that educational process is done. So much of, hey, here's the next step. Here's the, here's the cops, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Um, because that's not done in my situation. Oftentimes the conversation may be, we talk three or four times this week, we need to think about it. And I go, okay, no problem. I'll talk to you next week. You know, if you have any questions, give me a call in the meantime. 
and then we'll talk another two weeks later, three weeks later. It might be two or three months, and then, okay, let's do this. Yeah, and it's very different, you know, and it could be unsettling, but because I know how numbers work and how people have to process this information, mm -hmm. um, that it's okay, and I'll just keep calling, and we'll eventually get to where we need to be. So my conversation, I guess, bypasses some of the stuff, or it doesn't bypass. My conversation actually makes some of the other stuff easier because we've already discussed it up front. Yes. And I will say mm -hmm. that they have processed before they talked to you. Okay. I'm talking to people who may not have even considered selling their house. The and now all of a sudden they, they're like, how much? How much? And what would you like? <laughs> what was, what is, oh, I hadn't even thought. So the timeline could be three months and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But the timeline is probably three months before they talk to you. And then you help funnel them into, hey, okay, cool. Let's, let's list your house. Let's mm -hmm. talk about what it's, you know, what the comparative market analysis looks like. Let's talk about steps and have you done this before? Mm -hmm. So Wyatt... Do you have any good negotiation stories where it turned out to be a success or you're still working on it to know that, but you're working on it to a point you know it's going to be a success? Yeah, yeah. I have one um, that closed uh, uh, recently and uh, the situation was landlord that had multiple properties in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. However, she had trouble and I actually called her on another property. And she said, actually, I want to keep that one. And I said, okay. And she said, but, you know, I got this other one that's kind of a pain. And I was thinking about boarding it up. But if you want to take a look at it, you can. And I said, oh, okay, sure. Which one is it? And she said, well, it's this one. And, you know, I've had problems with the tenant and all this stuff. And I said, oh, well, no problem. That's what I'm here for. You know, genuinely, that's what I'm here for. You help people with their troubled tenants. I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, through the, the process of negotiation, got a great price. And then because I was coming from a place of I'm helping her out of a, a difficult situation, um, she had a last minute, uh, what they call it, like uh, fishing, like uh, a thrashing kind of at the end, right? Like she got the like last... butterflies right before closing. Right, right. And she said, you know, um, um, uh, her thought was, you know, I should get more for it because someone said blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, that's okay. We, we did talk about this. And the reason that you are getting out of this situation is because it's hard. It's painful for you. And you could wait for that offer, but then you're going to have to deal with the situation longer. So you reminded her of the pain? Right, right. I mean, it's <laughs> not like I was being rude about it. I was just right. like, I can't help you at that price. But maybe someone else can. But of course, you're going to have to wait longer. Mm -hmm. And she goes, oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, that's true. And sure enough, we closed on it, right? Great day. We were, you know, shaking hands and happy and all that stuff. The next week, of course, I told you that she owns property that are around there, right? Mm -hmm. So she's going to go check on her other tenants driving down the street. And she sees that tenant. And that tenant, who had given her so many problems before, still gave her a mean mug and look while driving down the street. But this time, she goes, it's okay. I don't have to worry about you anymore. <laughs> anymore. And she told me that story. And it warmed my heart because she didn't have to deal with that anymore mm -hmm. at all like 
she didn't have to call him up or knock on the door and beg for money or any of that stuff. So, so yeah, that's why I do what I do. Yeah. And that's how the negotiation worked out. That's how it worked out. It's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. And if we'd only talked on price and I didn't know why she wanted to sell it, and I didn't care, or I wasn't talking about how to improve her life, mm-hmm. it would have never gotten done. Yeah. And now we continue to talk, like probably once a month. Just say, hey, how are you? And she's like, I'm good. How are you doing? Thank you again. That's so cool. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's real win-win constructive real estate. And that is what it's about. Exactly. That's why we do this. Corkscrews and Contracts. Podcast copyright 2019.